Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. For today's episode, we're going to be going over the remaining Padres farm system. As we all know, it was depleted heavily at the deadline this year because of the the massive additions to the offense, to the bullpen, uh, getting Josh Hader, uh, Josh Bell, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury. So Padres lost a lot of their farm system, but we wanted to go over basically what the Padres top 30 list looks right now. Um, also talk a little bit about why the current list, if you go on MLB.com, isn't really that accurate because you have four guys that are either 50 or 55 grade prospects that are not on this list. So um, to kind of get into a little bit, Chase, let's let's forget about the draft just before and then we'll we'll dive into the the draftees. Um, but when you're looking at this list, who are the guys that are are the notable players left in the Padres system? Uh, you know, you still have Luis Campusano, Jackson Merrill, Eggy, Joshua Mir. Um, it's debatable whether or not you want to call Kevin Copps and Lawson noticeable, but they have been guys in the system for a while. They were top prospects at one point. I know Copps is struggling this year. Lawson has dealt with injuries, and his last four starts haven't been great. Uh, Efrain Contreras is coming off injury. Samuel Savala is a great name to look at. Daniel Montesino, I know we mentioned him, I believe, in our past top 30 rankings just because if you haven't seen their Dominican Summer League numbers, they actually killed it. Um, outside of those guys, I mean, Tirso Analis has been in the system for a while. I would mainly look at those guys. Oh, with addition to Jay Groom, uh, he was a part of the Hosmer trade. He looks like he'll be an interesting piece. Um, it looks like he could be a back-end starter, which would be great for us next year. Um, in case Manaya walks, which is looking like to be the case, he can, there's an instant plug for a lefty right there. Um, oh, another guy that's having a pretty solid year is Victor Lazaraga. I'd keep an eye on it. Those are probably the most notable names. The list will probably change shape as one of the draftees get entered and to just how people end off their years. Cause I know the rankings will probably drop or increase for some of the guys that are having really good years. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as we look through this list, I mean, we see some of the guys on here, like, I mean, we obviously have know the name of Luis Campusano. We've seen him a bunch. Uh, we've seen Jack Merrill. Eggy Rosario has been a guy that's been in the Padres farm system for a long time. Um, and, a, and a few of these guys, I mean, the guys I'm kind of thinking that could be contributors next year on this list, there's actually a good amount. Uh, Campy, Rosario, probably, I mean, we were talking about Corey Howe a little bit, uh, an interesting case for him just because he's kind of climbed up the Padre system just because he's a little bit older, but only in double A, but he's putting up great numbers. So not really a guy, kind of a guy that's on, I don't want to say like a similar projection um, as the, uh, as, as some of like the, the former Padres prospects where they're not that well known and they, they shoot up the rankings, but like he's a little bit older, but doesn't have crazy tools, but he's putting up numbers. So like, you got to take note of him. Um, Jay Groom, you mentioned as a guy that could be, uh, you know, a back end starter. You see the size here for the Red Sox. He was their 12th overall pick a few years back. I want to say yeah, 2016, he was their first round pick. Um, and basically he's dealt with a ton of injuries uh, but he's a guy that could definitely – he's definitely going to be like competing for a, a starting job potentially next year. If not a starting job, then probably a bullpen job. Uh, Chase, you brought up uh, Montesino, Samuel Zavala. Those are two guys that have tons of talent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can see that the the farm system has been quite a bit diminished when we're looking at this list right here. 
Um, we were talking about a lot of these guys in, in the Padre system as like, you know, James Wood, Robert Hassel, CJ Abrams as like guys that could be huge players for the Padres. A lot of these guys have some question marks. I mean, I feel like I get that Luis Camposano is ranked as their number one, but it kind of feels like Jackson Merrill probably has overtaken him um, when this list will update next. But Lizarraga, he's been excellent this year. Now only only Class A, but he's only 18 years old. So he's a few years away. Same with Zavala, you know, same with, let's see, uh, Montesino, right? Like a lot of these guys have some time before they're, before they're going to make an impact, but there's also a few guys that are, that are knocking on the door as well. So this is where the list is right now in terms of the guys um, currently on, on the, in the Padres farm system, but a couple other guys that, that you have to bring up when talking about them um, are going to be the guys that recently got drafted. And what you see is there's really not that many notable farm guys in the, in the system. However, the Padres added two 55-grade pitchers and then two 50-grade fit pitchers in their first four rounds this year. So, Chase, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, and I know we talked about them before, but Dylan Lesko, Robbie Snelling, because Dylan Lesko is probably, when he is added to the list, is probably going to be the number one guy in the Padres farm system. Um, but you want to talk about those guys a little bit, and then also uh, Adam uh, Mazur, I think that's, that's how you pronounce it, um, and Henry Williams, because those are four guys that are, either 55 or 55 grade prospects. So they're going to immediately join the the Padres top 10 list when they are added to it. Yeah. So for Dylan Lesko, it was, he fell to us at 15 just because he had Tommy John in high school and, or when he came out of high school, which is unfortunate. And there's a lot of reasons to avoid a guy that has Tommy John surgery straight out of high school. It means his arm's not healthy. However, his upside is incredible. I know a lot of people love the pick. I love the pick, too. He's incredible. He's got a lot of talent. He's got the off-speed. He's got the fastball. He's got everything to it. It's just, is the control and everything going to come back to how it was before the Tommy John surgery, which, for the most part, it should. Um, I've seen a lot of studies saying, like, for younger guys who get Tommy John surgery, they end up usually throwing either the same or a little bit harder because they have a brand-new ligament in their elbow. So uh, I think he's going to be fine. I hope the control and everything comes back the way it is. I hope injuries don't limit him. But yeah, um, if he didn't have the surgery, he probably would have went top five just because that's how incredibly talented that kid is. I I love the Robbie Snelling pick. Um, He was, I believe, a top 10, top 15 prospect. If not, he was top 16. I forget where it was around there, but he was like top 20, and we got him at 39, which is incredible. Uh, he's healthy. He's got a wicked curveball. He's got a mid-90s fastball. He's going to be great. Um, and it's kind of nice to go see, you know, AJ Preller does his, you know, typical move, a lefty pitcher in the first round, basically. Adam was our, I, I do like the third picks, uh, second and third picks even better, just because, you know, if you're going to trade the farm system away, like you did, you got to go after college arms. And that's exactly what he did. He got Adam Muzar from Iowa. He had a great year in Cape Cod, a 155 ERA, 34 strikeouts in 29 innings. He in 2022, big 10 pitcher of the year, had a great year. Great pick. Henry Williams played at Duke. Um, he has three plus or potential plus pitches so hopefully he can live up to his potential but 
he also is in the same boat as Lesko where he had Tommy John. So it's whether or not, you know, he recovers well, all this control and stuff comes back. But I have no worries about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and when we're talking about the Padres farm system, and then you you toss in, okay, we got a guy like uh, Lizarraga. Um, you know, he's probably like the top arm there. There's also Reese Kinnear. Um, Jay Groom's a guy that we talked about potentially like being called up soon. Um, and then you add in four guys. You add in two 55-grade pitchers and two 50-grade pitchers, and all of a sudden, okay, you got some decent pitching depth. So when we're looking at this farm system, I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, the Padres farm system is – is done like they're they're the worst farm system in the league they have some legit pitchers they have probably a maybe not top end pitching group but they have some like legitimate mlb caliber pitchers um well hopefully they become mlb caliber pitchers uh, definitely prospects and we know how often prospects bust but you know there there's definitely some capital there now in terms of the of the hitters in terms of who's going to come up and make an impact um the only guy that i feel like is probably going to be doing that soon in terms of with the bat could be Camp Rosano, but then he has the the question marks defensively. Um, Jackson Merrill's a little bit down the road, but then Eggy Rosario is another guy that could be called up. Only thing is, Potters don't really need any help in the infield, so that's kind of the issue there. But there's not too many bats. I mean, in terms of where the system's at right now, the, the, the hitting aspect of it is pretty weak, but the pitching aspect is, I think, a lot stronger than, than people are putting on. Um, another guy that I, I think has to be mentioned too uh, when we're talking about the Padres farm system is uh, catching prospect Ethan Salas. So he is not currently in the Padres organization. However, he's expected to get signed in this upcoming international period. And usually we're not going to talk about guys that aren't in the system, but this is a guy that's 16 years old, over six feet tall, has been hitting mid 90, upper mid 90s fastballs since he was 14 years old and basically has ridiculous hitting ability and has fantastic def- like the defense in terms of behind the plate as well. So he's a guy that's a legit offensive and defensive catcher. Um, and he's probably going to be one of the top catching prospects um, after he turns like 18, which is also in a couple years as well. So very, very young player, but loads of talent with him. So whenever he gets signed, whenever he starts playing, if he is a Padre and he's expected to be, and that's, that's been a lot of the guys that, that they've signed internationally where it's like kind of known a year before. Um, but he's a guy that will probably immediately be in the, in the top 30 once his professional career starts. So that's another guy uh, I'm worth noting there, but chase kind of to, to wrap it up a, a little bit here. When you're looking at the full system, where do you kind of see the, the strengths and the weaknesses now for the Padres? Uh, they definitely have a lot of outfielders, like, you know, you have Savala, Montesino, Mears, Tirso Arnales. Um, you have a pretty strong outfield. I think you're only missing really a center fielder. You're pretty stocked at middle infield too. And now you're starting to stock up on pitching, which is even better because, you know, a lot of these pitchers are coming back from injuries. You know, Cops was, uh, had a multitude of injuries. Uh, Lawson has had a multitude of injuries. Uh, Efrain Contreras is coming back from Tommy John. And then you get rid of some of your bigger names and, you know, the Juan Soto, Josh Bell trades, and just amongst the trades there. So kind of replenishing it with four guys. You know, you got two high school arms, two top college arms. I think that's the way to go. I know everyone's going to say, you know, the farm system's depleted. Well, guess what? You build it back up we have a couple of draft years coming up where 
you probably don't go after the high school talent that you do like you were rebuilding when two or three years ago. You probably go after the top, the top college players now. That's that's kind of what you go and do. I, unless it's, you know, like a generational talent like Drew Jones or something like that. You probably go with the top college arms now because, one, they're more developed. They're used to seeing better pitching or better hitters. You can get them into the league quicker. There's probably a little bit more upside and a little less uncertainty whether or not they're going to live up to their potential just because they've also faced higher talents. So hopefully AJ probably goes in that direction because if you want to miss the team, you got to start drafting like one. Yeah, so and I think a lot for a lot of these guys, I mean, I think we're going to see the Padres really trying to like win in this window of the rest of this year and then the next two years after that. Um, but there's a lot of reason to believe that that's not like your your full championship window. Now, when you look at that, you're going to need some of these guys to hit. You're going to need to, like a Lesko or a Stelling to be an absolute stud, to be an ace caliber guy, um, because you are going to be losing Snell, Darvish, maybe Clev, Manaya, right? So you're going to be losing a lot of arms over the next few years. So a lot of these pitchers are going to need to replace those guys. So I think that's where a lot of the pressure kind of comes from the farm. Now, we'll see how these international periods go because – AJ Preller has definitely sniped some some talent in the past, and that's been where the Padres farm system initially when when he came in. That's where they got most of their talent, and when they became like the number one farm system. Now, if you look back on it now, a lot of those guys didn't really didn't really turn out too great, um, but still they had a ton of talent there. So I think that's what they're what they're really going to need to do is just like you were saying, draft a lot of college arms and stuff for the time frame of around 2024, 2025, a lot of these guys are going to need to come up and make an impact. So we'll see a, a couple of these older guys, how they go about them, uh, like a Campy or a Rosario, just like what what is their role going to be next year? Um, but going to have to slowly start replenishing this farm. But I, I do think that this idea that the farm sucks now and it's awful, I, I don't think it's really true because you got, you got some high caliber starting arms in there. So I, I'm excited to see how these guys are going to turn out. Um, hopefully you add some more bats. Uh, I know there's some guys there that a lot of people really like. Um, and, and hopefully the Potters also do end up getting Ethan Salas. Cause that'd be a sweet addition. Um, if he becomes even close to what he's some of the guys he's been comped to, cause the comps are a little bit ridiculous for a 16 year old, but I get the excitement there. So I think that'll probably do it for this video, but we want, just wanted to quickly go over some of these guys, uh, so the, the overall system, just cause it feels like it's kind of become completely forgotten about and, and no one's really talking about where they're at. It's just, everyone just decided like, yeah, there's nothing in the farm. It's completely barren. Now you sold everyone. You gave the nationals your, your double a and your triple a team for, for Juan Soto, but not, not exactly the case there, but I, I think that's probably going to do it for this video. So thank you guys all for listening. Um, that's going to do it. So we'll talk to you very, very soon.